What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL draft podcast sitting momentarily in the Joppa Mall office. We are packed up, Mello. We are, I, you're packed, right? I just got to run by my house and get a couple more things. Okay, we are ready to rock and roll on our way to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for what is going to be a great weekend. Connor's going to be there. Whiskey Dan's going to be there. Our boy Adam Heisler coming up from Mobile, which I think still exists. I uh, haven't checked the weather reports today. Man. Yeah, no. And somebody do a wellness check yeah, on thoughts, Adam Thoughts and prayers to the panhandle because we love uh, we love you guys. We love that area. Hopefully everyone who's listening to this is okay. Uh, and, and you'll be back listening soon if, you, if you're missing a show or two. Uh, it's going to be a great time at Baton Rouge. I can't wait to get down there. But we have a fun show to get through first. A couple weeks ago, we talked about we were out tailgating uh, in Austin with the tailgate guys. And then we actually hooked up with them and did uh, an event at TCU. Well, the, can you say hooked up with them? Like that's connected. Yeah, there you go. Connected. Better term. Formed a partnership with. Okay. <laughs> and so their CEO, their founder, Parker Duffy, is going to come on. He and I talked today. You haven't heard the interview yet. It's a good one. So I have I'll away. listen to it tomorrow when this episode it's, comes it's out. It's going to be fun. Uh, we also have to preview games and pick them. Nailed it. Uh, we are going to do our top fives, and it's a topical one this week. I I, I kind of wanted to get carried away, but I think our producers will all like it. If we don't this week, we're going to do an all-time LSU-Georgia draft. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I ran through some lists of just players from each team, and I think I've, I'm 20 deep on my big board. And no quarterbacks, I bet. <laughs> no, I, I got some quarterbacks. Uh, is it a, is it for college or NFL? I think that's. We'll I just I don't know. It out. Yeah, well, it's good. I just got crazy. Speaking of getting crazy, LSU tailgate. We will be out there at eight a.m. The gates open at eight a.m. We will be in line to drop our shit off at eight a.m. Uh, with the Block Party Presents crew, which is it at Patrick F. Taylor Hall. Uh, Going to be a lot of fun. We'll be there from eight to kickoff. Come by, meet us. Uh, we're going to be recording the podcast. We're going to be giving stuff away. We're going to have snacks, merch, hugs, handshakes, high fives, lots of things to yeah, give away. Yeah, stop by. I mean, we don't expect you to hang out with us all day. And matter of fact, I might prefer that you yeah, don't hang out if you did. all day. I mean, there's some weirdos out there like Dan Barnes that we just want to see if you momentarily. you had nothing else to do and you wanted to like, you know what would be awesome? No one did, has done this at any of the tailgates we've been to. Like, bring some local beer. Like, if you're coming to the Baton Rouge tailgate and want to grab, Mellow won't drink it. No, you but can I will. give that to Connor and Matt. They'll love it. Like, right. go for it. But yeah, not IPAs because we're day drinking and I have a rule against that. But if you wanted to, you know, bring something by, cool. That'd be awesome. I'm going to need food, honestly. Lots of chips. Yeah. Some kind of potato. Yeah. Will need to be in my life and a my belly. Boy. Or yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be. I do have a weakness for some po' boys. All right. Uh, you have a shout-out. Let's get into it. I do. This week, we have Brandon Pruitt, who is turning 27 years old. His lovely girlfriend slid into those DMs, and part of our agreement that we have is that I will tell him happy birthday. So, happy birthday, Brandon. We appreciate you listening. Please don't check Carrie's DMs, because stuff got weird. <laughs> but, happy birthday to you. We really do appreciate you listening to the show. He's a former... Er, sorry, he's also a teacher currently, so... Oh. Kudos to you, man. I, I see a, him pop up a lot in the old mention. Yeah, he's at so. BPP1014 because his birthday is the 14th. So we appreciate you. Early we love you. Keep listening, Brandon. All right. Uh, I, <laughs> we're going to lead the show talking about a punter, which I don't think we've ever done on any stick to football ever. Not even Michael Dixon. No, 
No, probably not leading off the show. Yeah. Maybe when he won the MVP of the bowl game. Maybe. But that was probably still maybe like his second second topic that we covered. This week, we have to talk about the Bama punter because they have played a couple games this year, and this dude is still redshirt eligible. He has not played in four games yet this year. <laughs> and we're six weeks in. That is ridiculous. That He has went two games and hasn't even touched saying, the field. They haven't punted in the last two games. Yeah, right. So, like, he's just keeping his ass on the sideline. You talk about, like, what's the best job in sports, and a lot of times people will say, like, oh, the backup quarterback. You know what? I think it's actually the starting punter at Alabama because you are not going hey, on the He's field. not bad either. That's a joke. I have no idea if they're paying their punter. <laughs> With all the college basketball stuff, you can't even make a joke anymore about someone's getting paid. I mean, they're probably not paying their punter. Probably not. But he's on scholarship, so he's getting something. Yeah, he's getting that meal cord. Uh, it is ridiculous how well they're playing. I made the joke the other day that Tua probably hasn't even lettered yet because he doesn't have his quarters. Yeah, like seriously, who fourth, knows? He still hasn't played in the fourth quarter, right? Uh, as far as I know, he didn't this last weekend. So, so he, he hasn't. hasn't yet. And they have Mizzou coming I was up gonna this say, weekend. I'm going to save it for the preview, but yep, yep. I don't know if we're going to see him this week either. <laughs> so it is wild that what Bama's doing. And I... I hate for the fans of just college football that everyone has Bama fatigue. So, you know, it's like the Patriots or the Yankees. The majority of the country doesn't want Bama to be this good. So it's like, would you guys please talk about something other than Bama or Tua? And uh, no, we can't. Even this week with Drew Brees setting the uh, career passing yardage records, everything about Nick Saban and the Dolphins was coming back up. And it's like, LSU fans and everybody's like, yeah, but Nick Saban sucked in the NFL. Yeah, with the Dolphins. Like, how many people have actually been successful down there? You get down to Uh, South Beach and you don't want to play football. You don't go to South Beach for football. (laughs) So you don't go to Ohio State for school. You don't go to South Beach for football. Uh, Ian Book. A lot of rumors this week. The Notre Dame junior quarterback. A lot of rumors. None of them came true, apparently. Yeah, mainly the cheating one. So the one that I came up with is that we found out this week Ian Book is not Bobby Collins. So congratulations to you, Ian Book. I hope the guy is still eligible. I hope he's doing everything right. I'm rooting for every college athlete. I don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to see him get suspended. Every? I'm going to call you on that one. (laughs) Okay, yeah, not every. Not every college most. But out of like the 130 or whatever Division One schools, yeah, I'm repping 129. There we go. Yeah, you don't want to see anything happen to the guy. No, no. And you want to be eligible the whole time. Now, if there are some kids in Norman that get caught getting money, whatever. I hope they get found out. It happens. Yeah, don't cheat. I don't know how they haven't got figured out yet. So the one thing about this is it's so weird how quickly misinformation can spread because I, w- I was telling you and Connor and TR in our group text that I was getting texted about this from NFL people. Yeah. Pretty credible source. Like you, yeah, being you like, can't reveal your sources, but right. I know. Yeah. You know, Connor knows. And it's like this person who first told me would not lie. And then, uh, you, re- I reached out to Notre Dame, no comment. Oh what? yeah. No comment usually means guilty. That's like, <laughs> You took the fifth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it. Yeah, so it was like, okay, well, shit, here we go. And then waited, waited. And then I kind of forgot about it because just other things happened. And, and it's like, oh, wait, he never got suspended. So Yeah, it never came out. I mean, we're sitting, here on, we're sitting here on Thursday night, and I've, I read earlier this week that he was going to be the starter. So 
Unless something comes out Friday morning, I'm Do guessing they not is. realize what people gamble on games and need to know this stuff? Yeah, like, come on, get the information out there. We need to know who the starting quarterback is. <laughs> right? Gotta, we need to know. Speaking of starting quarterbacks, I asked you right before we started recording. I said, hey, did you see where Kelly Bryant visited? You're like, no. I was like, okay, I'm not telling you. Because uh, we. this is something that you talked a lot about. When Kelly Bryant left Clemson, even before he left, you were, I want to give you credit, you were way out in front of this saying, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter. Kelly Bryant should transfer. And you had a list of places he should go. So it came out today that he has a visit scheduled uh, with one of these schools and will be visiting another. The two schools were both on your list. Oh, nice. North Carolina yep. and Arkansas. Boom, yeah. nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely got that one too. And I even had uh, North Carolina in bold. They play Clemson. They're in the ACC. Like this dude is... He's out for blood. He wants to transfer somewhere where he can play early. In North Carolina, they've turned around some quarterbacks before. I'm assuming that's where he still wants to play is quarterback. So you can come in there kind of like Mitch Trubisky did, one-year starter. Who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, It is very fascinating because he's, I mean, this guy has been to a national championship. like A couple of them. Yeah. He's won one against Alabama. Like This is a pretty good player, and he's out there. And yes, we've talked about him as a pro prospect on the NFL side of things. Probably not a, a premium guy. He's probably going to make position change. But on the college level, you have to think if you're a fan of the Tar Heels or man, as bad as Arkansas looks, like you got to yeah, you be gotta thinking he could make there. a pretty big impact for Chad Morris, who, like you said, Chad Morris was a Clemson. It's the same offense. So it would be a seamless move for him to get in there, be a starter, and hopefully at least make them competitive because right now they are not. All right, guys, we talked a lot about a couple weeks ago. We went down to TCU, and we tailgated with the tailgate guys, some guys we had met up with in Austin when we were out week one on the tailgate tour, and we had a kick-ass time, so much fun. And so we thought, hey, let's bring on the the guy who started this all, Parker Duffy. Welcome to the podcast, man. We're excited to hear how this all got started and what you're doing, and then get some tailgate tips from the master. All right. Well, Matt, I appreciate it, man. I'm glad you're able to hang out with us a little bit in Texas, especially for that TCU setup. It's that's probably one of my favorite sites that we have out there. It's just a heck of a heck of a location. Um, I'll give you a nickel nickel tour on how this thing really got started. Um, we're going in our tenth season here, so it's it's a little bit you know longer longer story than people really think. And I, I think most people found out about us in the past couple of years. We've had so much growth recently, but our first season we started off at Auburn. But this idea. I'd love to say this is something that me and a couple of buddies are sitting around our, you know, our college, you know, dorm room or something like that. And we figured it out, but it's not, it's actually something that um, I was one year out of college and, um, and my business partner was a few years out ahead of me and we were actually neighbors. He lived like three or four houses down from me. And I met a guy that was doing this on the side in Tuscaloosa. And at the time he was just getting college kids to save and squat location, you know, squat and save spots and pop up tents. And it was a really simple offering, but it was successful and they were doing a good job with it. And so when he told me about this, the next day, our twist on it was really starting to formalize it, creating a higher level of service and also partnering with the uh, with the universities and athletic departments. And so it, that's kind of how it, it's really the idea started. So I'd love to say it was original idea, but it's not. We kind of took an idea and enhanced it, which I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, and, uh, you know, our first partner was Auburn and, you know, Michael Ott was my business partner and he's been with me ever since we started this thing. And he's, he's, uh, he's probably one of the hardest working men in America and he's, I don't know where he's even at in the country right now, but, um, 
but we, neither he or I knew anybody at Auburn. And you know, so it was something we kind of bounced around from, you know, department to department. But we ultimately landed, um, we, we were students there, but we didn't have like the connections. We were not, you know, Mr. SGA or anything like that. So um, we ultimately landed in athletics and they rolled the dice with us. I was 23 and he was 27 when we started the business. And we started at Auburn with just, uh, you know, an exclusive green space right next to the stadium with around 50 groups per game that we were hosting. Um, and that was tents, tables, chairs, lens, you know, personalized signage, bellhop service um, around there, turnkey tailgate packages. And so we built up this community um, that, you know, those smaller groups of, you know, 10 to 15 people in each one of those. And, and then Auburn has grown now to going into its 10th season. We host around 400 groups that are between 75 and 100 in size. And obviously we've added layers of service, layers of hospitality on what we're doing. So on any given big weekend uh, at Auburn, we'll host around 40,000 people a weekend. And so it was our, our fourth year um, at Auburn when we really started to look outside of the city limits of Auburn and start to look at expansion plans. And, and Texas A&M was our first expansion partner. And then after that, we added Florida. After that, we added Georgia Tech. After that, we added uh, Texas and TCU. Um, and so that was really going in 2016. And, uh, and then to come full circle on where the idea originated, um, those the guys in Tuscaloosa really took the same approach with, with Alabama and partnered with the school there and built it out to be a large operation similar in size to what we have at Auburn. And we ended up acquiring those guys at the, uh, the end of the 2016 season. And that was really kind of um, what brought it all together for us to have some real growth beyond that. And we already started to kind of start to place regional managers in different parts of the country to where we could expand a little more than one location at a time. And um, so 2016 rolled in 2017 and we added 10 new partners in. So we went from six to 16 partners and we we're still just in the college sports space. Um, and then this year we really hit the ground running again. We added 20 ish new partners that are, you know, a lot of them are, are um, university programs, university athletic departments. We also got into the NFL this year with six NFL partners. We added a major league baseball partner. We, we partnered with the ICC for the premier league games that are here stateside. And we've added several bowls and, and uh, we've added different divisions of our company over the past several years. So it's become a much more robust organization than it may appear with a name like Tell guys. But I mean, everybody was going to call us that anyway. So why not, why not call ourselves that? Um, and now we're, we're coast to coast and, and professional tailgaters and we, we've got uh, good folks, you know, all across the country in our different offices, but uh, having a good time doing it, man. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, it's not, it sounds like it's just like this would be an SEC thing, but it's not because we've hung out with you guys twice in Texas. You're, you're at Michigan, you're at Penn State, and then you're out on the West Coast with, I think, USC, Arizona State. So this is really something that's all over the country. And you have the LA Rams, which I don't, do yep. pe- I don't know, do people in LA tailgate? I think that's one of my big questions, though. Well, that was, that was a big question we had, too. And, and I, I'd love to say, hey, man, this is exactly how they do it there. This is exactly how they do it here. But, you know, with our expansion plans, that we have this year, this is our first year on the West coast um, at all. And LA actually has, has latched onto this. And really the, the thing that we always say is like, I mean, this is kind of like golf hospitality meets college football. And so where there's a, a, a demand or an interest in, you know, a turnkey premium offering um, in, in a lot of these major, major urban areas, metro areas like LA, there is that. And so we're getting it. It's, it's interesting. So the clientele varies from location to location, but um, I've been very impressed and very pleased with what we're finding on the West coast. And even like Stanford is probably going to be one of the more successful first year properties we have this year. Um, so it's not just SEC to your point, like you said. Yeah. So one thing that, that, I mean, where I went to school, I went to a really small school and 
And so the other podcast host on, you know, tailgating where we went was like, you just, you know, somebody's backyard or in a parking lot. Have you guys had any pushback from student organizations who like, you know, they want to be the guys getting there at six in the morning and they're, you know, doing this and in the parking lot or somebody's backyard, because I mean, you guys are like, you say kind of a higher end turnkey tailgate and you're charging for the service. Is that something where you've had, you know, the student organizations aren't super happy or do they seem to be kind of on board with it or you guys are each doing your own thing? There's, um, and going back to what you, the first thing you said, that's how I, that's how we tailgated too. Like when I was in college, it was something that was a little more of a simple approach. And I was, I was in a fraternity. So we had our fraternity tailgate that we did every game. Um, but you know, if you look back and you can have some fun with this, if you want to Matt, you can Google, um, tailgate guys, 2009 and look at some of our original stories that came out. The Associated Press actually picked up a story about what we were doing. And so it kind of caught on and there was a lot of pushback in Auburn. There was, and I think it was more just the message that went out. People thought that the entire campus had to go through us. So there was like, I, I want to say there was a Facebook group. that was like 40,000 strong. And I was getting hate emails. Like people, I'm going to come find you on game day. Like I'm going to shotgun a beer and slam it in your face. That kind of stuff that, <laughs> that you don't really expect to hear. And I was 23, keep in mind when this was going on. So I was scared to death. Um, but what's funny is I saved a lot of those emails and I look back on them now. I actually, I came across them like six months ago. I was like, let's look, look at these old emails. And I'd say half of them are customers of ours now in Auburn. So it's, it's kind of funny how it comes full circle on that. Um, but once we got to that first game at Auburn, everybody realized, okay, this is not going to impact me. This is just in this area. I can still continue to do what I do. So we, and that's kind of what we've experienced from campus to campus. There's, there's really not as much pushback, um, nowhere near as much pushback, uh, you know, from other campuses that we received initially at Auburn because the message is a little more clear and two people can still continue to do what they do. Um, but uh, every now and then there's some spaces that we do um, that we do loop in that become part of our operations that someone might have been tailgating there in the past that, that we, we usually try to do what we can to take care of them, but it's, it's few and far between. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, for, for those of us, as we get a little bit older and we don't want to have to camp out the night before it's, it's nice to just, uh, Hey, there's your tent. Just, just go show up. Yep. So we have on the podcast told a lot of our crazy tailgating stories over the last two years. I'm interested to hear, and I'm putting you on the spot here because I didn't prep you at all for this, but any crazy tailgating stories that that you don't care if your wife's going to hear on this podcast later? Uh, anything that's that's you know safe for you to put out there is, is safe for us oh to hear. So there's so many stories that that we have, especially from like the first couple of years when it was just Michael and I, and like we ran this business out of my back bedroom for three years, and we did everything ourselves. We had some part time guys that helped us, but there's so many things that we were just so in the weeds that we saw. And I think one of the first times I was like, really, what are we doing here? Was it was our fourth game at Auburn, and um, we we had not really put any restrictions on what kind of type of cooking equipment you could have on the site. We have since done that. There, you can't have deep fryers in this story. Exactly why? <laughs> this was West Virginia game, and everybody at Auburn and everybody from West Virginia that remembers this game remembers the torrential downpour that came down. It was like the, the game was delayed, but uh, leading up to it, it was a beautiful day. And there was this group from West Virginia, and my wife at the time, you know, she's still my wife, but my wife was our. our um, our main host at our welcome tent at the time. And I got a, she tagged me on the the radio. We had, we, we, we have walkie talkies um, and earpieces. And she said, Parker, you got to get over to this tent over here. It's on fire. I was like, Oh my gosh, you got to kidding me. And I walked, I ran over there obviously to see what was going on. And the tent was not on fire. There was a, a fireball that had burst out because this West Virginia fan had taken, I don't know how many pounds of frozen chicken wings and dumped them into a deep fryer, which anybody that's done that, or you can YouTube videos on, you can see it. It really is like this fireball shoots up. And I was trying to find the guy 
that that did it just like hey man are you okay that type of thing to check on him and i couldn't find him well then he came out of the student center which is right beside our site and the guy had no hair on his face oh, like all his eyebrows were stitched off like <laughs> like halfway up his scalp was gone like it was just like and, but he was fine he has bare his hands still he's having a good time so that's one good one that really at the point was like okay there's a new rule we're putting into our, our guest services agreements and there's no deep fryers um but then there's some other ones too that i'm not getting to get into that some post iron bowl um, some of the best stories that we really have are after the game, after everybody's leaving there, they've been drinking all day, having a good time. Their team either won and they're ecstatic or they lost and they're furious. So that really is a, a pretty volatile uh, setting when you come out. We've, we've broken up several fights with, um, with interesting folks um, after some of those games too. But man, if you, if, if you want to have a special on tailgate stories, I will dig deep and find some good ones. <laughs> so we can talk about this for days. There we go. We'll have to come up with ours. You come up with yours and we'll, we'll get back together and, and, Tell yeah, some yeah, crazy exactly things. So, sure statute of limitations also have to be expired on some of the stuff. So that's <laughs> that's good. One so thing true. that one thing we love to do though is give tailgating tips. And you know, for us, it's a lot of pro games being in Missouri. You know, going up to Chiefs games or Royals games. So that tailgating atmosphere. But estimate. I mean, you've been doing this for almost ten years, running this company. What are some of your go-to tips for people who are going to get out there? And we actually even get a lot of people who are like, "Hey, I'm going to tailgate for the first time. What should I do and not do?" Is there anything that stands out to you as like, hey, this is this is a pro move or absolutely avoid like the you know frozen chicken wings and a deep fryer is a good don't do, but yeah, anything yeah, like let's, that. Let's start with that rule. Yeah, let's start with the deep fryer rule on that one. Um, first and foremost, obviously, I'd say that, and and I mean this, and it's not to be cliche, not to be all salesman like on your on your on your show here, um, but if we're there work with us on this. I mean, our, our, we're the best in the world at what we do. And I mean that, I mean, we started the space and we've grown um, based on our, our quality of delivery. So if we're there, lean on us and we can make, make all that heavy lifting go away. I always compare it to beach chairs. If you, if you grew up around, you know, any kind of beach and you've towed your own stuff down there to set up your own shop. Um, and then later on you rent beach chairs, you know that you would never, ever do that again. I think that's a good way to start working with that's us. So true. Um, but then if there's something to wear, like if you want to do it yourself, I think some of the most impressive, um, things I've seen is how people pack their stuff. Like if it's, if you can get everything into one container, it makes so much, it makes it so much easier to move all your stuff over to one area, but um, you know, make, being able to consolidate all your equipment to get it out there. Um, and then I think a TV is go-to. I mean, it's, it's something that um, we started offering TVs in our second year and it's become a big, a very significant part of our business. And we have a great relationship with dish network. They, they take, they take care of us and always give us, access to a lot of different technology they have out there. And they've got some of those, those tailgater, um, those tailgater dishes that just self align. Um, I'd say start with something like that too. If you want to watch other games, you got to have that pregame and, and get it set up too. But, um, other than that, man, I, I think it's, it's about the crowd you bring with you, man. Make sure it's the people that you want to be around. Like, it's, it's always fun to see. Cause I feel like the tailgating crew that you roll with is typically not the people you're going to see at Christmas, not the people <laughs> that you're going to see on your birthday. It's your buddies from college or something like that. So make sure you're selective on who you bring out there. Yeah, I love it. That's a very, very good point. All right, last question I got for you, man. What's next for you guys? Uh, you know, you've you've expanded uh, to the the northeast. You're on the west coast now. Uh, you're gonna make it up to Missouri. What's next for you guys? Man, we are. Um, you know, we're in a good place. We've got a very, very well-rounded leadership team on our hands here, and so we're gonna probably be a little bit selective on how our growth plans really evolve from here. Because we, like I said, we've got very, we've got partnerships all over the country now. We've got some of the biggest and best, the best brands out there. 
Um, but we're going to continue to really focus inward to, you know, refining our practice and getting better at being a big organization. Um, but beyond that too, man, there's some really cool things we're working on that you'll see next year um, that are going to really change the way we do business, way, the way that our, our guests um, you know, enjoy their tailgates. So a lot of internal focus, but at the same time, like tomorrow, someone could call me and say, hey, we got this opportunity we're working on. Are you guys interested? And we probably say yes. Yeah. So there's always these things that come our way that force us to pivot and, and grow. But uh, we always have done a really good job of keeping a narrow focus on what we're good at, and that's tailgating. So we're going to keep keep to that lane for now. That sounds great, man. We definitely appreciate you guys hanging out with us the, the few times we've seen you, hopefully. Uh, we'll run at you again on the road. Uh, if not this year, definitely next year. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to line it up to where I'm on whatever site you're gonna at, so we can meet in person when we're out there too, man. Absolutely, we can we can uh, have a couple couple five or six beers and then uh, and then what, tell some stories. That's what we do, man. So that's what we do. We're pros, right? All right, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks as always. Thank you, Matt. All right, thanks again, everybody. Parker Duffy from Tailgate Guys. Uh, I don't want to sound like a salesman at all, but definitely check them out. If you're thinking of like hosting a party at a tailgate, which is kind of what we did, it, it really did make the whole process very easy for us. And I do still prefer getting a couple of pickup trucks and, you know, parking in the parking lot and doing it old school. But if you, uh, if you want something a little nicer, a little, that's bougie. The way to go. a little bougie, as the little, kids say, yeah, upscale. How white glove. Yeah. And they, that's like, that's what he said. It's like, you know, this is like turnkey upscale tailgating. If people like, there are people who will pay for things. Why not? Why yeah, not you might sell as well. And the nice part is that you get somebody that's going to take all your stuff to your table. That for you. was the clutch part of it. Like, I don't want to come across as lazy, but I'm lazy. And a lot of times at college games, you know, you're parking a mile away from the stadium. So it was so nice. We, we it was raining at Fort Worth. We pulled up. They unloaded all our stuff and took it to the tent for us. We still had to go park illegally relatively close and walk in the rain. That was but Connor's fault. That, yep. All Connor's fault. Just if anything ever comes from that, if we ever get a ticket, that was Connor. Um, yeah. So it was nice to, uh, to be a little bit closer to the action uh, and just have, have that guy. He pulled up with like those little carts. You pull your kid in the, like the beach, you know, you get on those carts. Oh, oh yeah. And boom, everything was inside. We should have tipped him. We didn't. Damn it. Uh, maybe on Saturday. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get you next time. <laughs> I don't mean cash. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get some, you next time. We'll get some good karma there. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, let's get into these picks and previews, man. Uh, damn it. I messed it up again. Previews and picks. There we go. Got it. Got it. <laughs> and I wanted to start this week with the good games. Like, I just want to jump right into it. There are, I feel like there are two good games this weekend. And then some, some games. On the year, you have a one-game lead over me. I'm pretty impressed with my record, actually, like 21 and nine. That's what I'm sitting at. So that's that's not too bad, really, for picking games. It's not. I'm 20 and 10, which sounds a lot worse than 21 and nine. Isn't it weird how that works? You're going with that double double, right? So like if it were basketball, your stats would look better. But I got 21 and nine. I don't know why. It just it looks. It does sound better. I don't know why. But I picked the games this week. Uh, as far as who has, uh, there are three good games. I'm a liar. I picked the games as far as who uh, picks which game so that it's fair and balanced like our friends at Fox News. First one up for me, the game we will be at, number two Georgia at 13 LSU. I was much more excited for this game when it was going to be two at five, but I'll take it. Yeah, but it's still the same team, so it's it's going to be exciting. It does suck that they lost to Florida, but it's probably just honestly a case of them overlooking Florida because all the hype that was around the Georgia game. Right? Yeah, they'll look ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. Wisconsin got caught looking ahead against BYU. Like, yes. There are some very good teams that still lose early on in the year. So the way I look at this game, LSU is very good defensively. Devin White is the best linebacker in the country, in my opinion. Greedy Williams is one of the best corners. Grant Delpit is a stud safety prospect. So they are boom, boom, boom. You got it at all three levels on defense. The problem is offensively, even with Joe, Joe Burrow out there, we just haven't seen LSU be that offensive juggernaut, and you know Georgia's going to score points. I'm taking the Bulldogs. I don't know that it will particularly be that close. I could see us leaving in the third quarter to find a bar to watch some of the other games. I just don't know that, that LSU can be competitive, even on the home turf. I think Jake Fromm and that Georgia offense is just way too good. And on defense, while they might not have the names this year like Roquan Smith, they are studs on defense. So Yeah, they're really I, young on defense. Very young. But those receivers, that they, they have some very good receivers. It's going to be a fun matchup just to see how that works in the secondary. But I think Jake Fromm and the boys get it done on the road. And I agree with you. It's not my game to pick, but we will be there. So I will say I'm looking forward to Georgia. I think this is their real first test. Like they haven't it, been. It is. They yes. played some good, obviously, South Carolina in conference, Missouri in conference game. But this is going to be their first real matchup with a very good team. I just think Georgia is going to come away as the victor there. So I agree with you. I'm picking. I'm going with the Washington-Oregon game. Now, I have a theme, it appears, for every game that I'm picking this week. I noticed that. I'm going with the road team. You have a couple themes, if we're being honest. Every <laughs> game that I'm picking, I'm going with the road team. So even with the Georgia game, I'm going to stick with that theme. Washington at Oregon. I just like this Washington football team. I really thought that they were going to be very good. I thought the Auburn team that they lost to was going to be a lot better than they are. But I expected them to be, you know, a one-loss team coming into Oregon. Oregon has performed very well this year. I just think that the Washington offense is actually going to be too much for Oregon to handle. Yeah, I'm with you. The matchup for this, and like I said, hopefully we find a way that we can actually watch this game, is Justin Herbert and Dylan Mitchell uh, against Byron Murphy, Taylor Rapp, and the Washington defense. Like, to me, that's the matchup. Washington's... They have guys on offense that can score points. They're a very good college offense, but... On the pro side of things. The scouting side of it. And there should be a lot, man. We were actually going to go to that game. I don't know if you remember that. Like, that was originally the game we were going to go to this weekend. Yeah, but for some reason, we decided we're going to drive to all of these games. Yeah. And we said that Baton Rouge was drivable. It's, you know. It's not. Eugene's not that farther. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, that. We're in the year. middle of the country. So people keep asking, like, oh, when are you going to get out to North Carolina? Do you ever make it to Canada for games? Next year, it's just like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Play a game in British Columbia. I don't care. I'm there. Fargo's pretty much Canada. We go watch North Dakota State play. There we go. And that was another team that we kind of considered this year. Yeah, it was fun making that schedule. Uh, number 15, Wisconsin at number 12, Michigan for me. I'm going road doggies again. Wisconsin, that beast offensive line, and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, they are going to get cooking, I believe, against Michigan. Wolverines have a good defense. No doubt about it. Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, Devin Bush, three very good defenders in the front seven, but I think Wisconsin moves the ball. not Maybe not easily all day, but it's very similar to what Notre Dame was able to do against Michigan, and I think their defense, the Badgers' defense, is good enough to frustrate Shea Patterson to at least contain Karen Higdon. So I think the Badgers go into the big house and win. And I, I agree with you, too. There, I really, I still love Wisconsin. 
I can't shake it. Like it's just. I mean, there there are three points against BYU away from being undefeated and maybe being a top six team. Yeah, I I think they would be. I think they'd probably still be like a top five team, even. So yeah, I'm with you there, definitely. Next game for me, Texas A&M at South Carolina. I just told you who I'm picking because I'm going with the road team, (laughs) Texas A&M. I like what they're doing on offense. Kellen Mond is a good athlete, and that's what they need. Jimbo Fisher is a good coach. Like He's got a national championship, so I have some trust in him, and I don't have it in Will Muschamp. South Carolina, I just I don't know what kind I'm making of team the you're big eyes get. at you. Like yeah, like there's no telling. Like they are supposed to be good on defense. Like we'll see. Who knows about that one? So I'm going with Texas A&M here. I just don't think that South Carolina has enough to overcome everything that A&M can throw at them. Yeah, and like Jake Bentley, uh, quarterback for South Carolina, was a player that we had talked about over the summer. Maybe not on the podcast, but definitely talked about of. We might have to watch this kid. Like he, he might be the one that pops up and and could declare and, and you know make this quarterback race interesting. He has had a bad year. I mean, he's yeah, and he's been injured a little yeah. bit. He's he is expected to start this year, but it's been a down year because he is a guy that was like a watch list type guy yeah. for us. He just he hasn't done anything, and that could just be coaching. Like I've yeah I've seen Will Muschamp quarterbacks <laughs> before, and it's not good. Right. So you feel bad for the kid. I know he's super young. He's one of those reclassified guys, but. I think he's also a guy that's going to benefit from coming back and going to the Senior Bowl. Like that's yeah. his future. Uh, quick question about this: Will Muschamp at one point in time was it wasn't official? I don't think, but he was thought to be a head coach and waiting at Texas. Do you remember that? I think it was official. Was it official? Okay, mm-hmm. he was headbutting players the whole the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, and with their helmets on, so it was okay. Would you rather have Will Muschamp or Tom Herman? Oh, Tom Herman. Okay, all day. Just checking. Like, yeah, not even. Okay. I think the. If I remember right, the whole coaching waiting thing was a like a recruiting thing because you could say, okay, this guy can call so many players. He's the head coach in waiting. So he's like a head coach. So teams were trying to get around it for recruiting. There's everybody was naming like their head coach in waiting. I think Alabama probably even named Lane Kiffin their head yeah. coach in waiting. And that's been like eight years ago or whatever. Interesting. So. Speaking of Alabama. They host Missouri this week, and our boy TR, the whole family, because uh, our intern Walker is from Missouri, and so his whole world, whole family is going down to Tuscaloosa for this game. Um, that's why he's not joining us on the road. Have fun with mom and Grams and the whole family, Walker. Uh, this game is not going to be good at not all. At all. All the Drew Locke apologists are going to have a hard Saturday. They they are hard because Deontay Thompson. I'm going to put it on record now. If Deontay Thompson doesn't have two interceptions on Saturday, I will I will chug two beers. On Saturday? On Saturday at the LSU tailgate. If I was that, waiting to see what came out of your mouth. <laughs> you never know. I'll like shave my head. No, I won't really. But I will. If he doesn't have two picks Saturday, when this game ends, wherever we are, I don't care where we are in Baton Rouge, I will immediately chug two beers. I say you have to do it from a knee. Take a knee and yeah. do it. Oh yeah, money. I'm okay. I'm lazy. I don't <laughs> well, like. You've heard it here first. I'll do it. Now I'm kind of rooting for him to not get an interception. He's going to. He's too good. And that Drew Lock just you know he's going to put some balls out there. Yeah. So there it is. I like to make my picks more interesting than just oh Alabama wins. No, fuck that. Deontay Thompson has two picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Matt chugs two beers. Okay, so I'm with it. I, I just want to see. <laughs> I want to see TR and his whole family singing Dixieland Delight, but the Alabama version. Like the dirty words, the fuck Auburn. The I don't know the song. 
it's I don't know the words to it. Like I, I couldn't tell you. I know there's a part where it's like holding on to her tight and then every fan yells against the wall. Wow. It's it's pretty dirty. And then they say fuck Auburn and LSU, Tennessee too. I, I'm not an Alabama fan, so I won't pretend like I know it, but they banned it for a while. And now they're bringing it back this Saturday against Mizzou for some reason. They're like letting them? And Miss Miss Terry like came out, Nick Saban's wife, and it's like, okay, everybody, we're gonna bring back Dixie Land Delight, but you're gonna do it nice and we're gonna do it right. Yeah, right. Yeah, fuck that. All those drunk fans. Oh are man, be I'm reading the words. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's a great. I love Al- the band Alabama. I grew up on that shit. But who, you know? And I always thought like that's kind of a weird song to play at Alabama. I know that the band is Alabama, but that song's all about like a Tennessee Saturday night. Right. It is. So why do they play that in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? It's like when we were in Arizona and they were saying "Bear Down." And we just Wildcats. don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Is anything south of the Mason-Dixon just like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, Tennessee, Alabama, it's all the same. I guess anything south of the Mason-Dixon is Dixie, but Dixie land is Tennessee. Oh, and then when you keep referencing Tennessee in your song, like there's something not right there. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, I want to push play on the video, but I don't want to get us in trouble for playing it on the podcast. So anyway, Mizzou loses. Yeah, and the game's at six. So by nine o'clock Saturday night, thoughts and prayers for me that I'm still standing upright or can take a knee. That's a lot of beers that we're going to be drinking all day. Then you're going to have to throw back two quick in a hurry. Yep. Good luck. Can't wait to see. I can do it. Next game for me, Colorado number nineteen. Versus USC, and this is at USC, so I'm going with Colorado. They're a sneaky team uh, that I actually really like. They're pretty solid on defense. I'm all, all about it. I haven't been sold on USC yet. I think that they've underperformed. They have a freshman quarterback. That offense has looked uh, not good, especially since they played Texas. So I just think that this Colorado team, a team that we saw play very well against schools like Arizona State, UCLA, I think they have enough, and their quarterback's been playing very well to come into USC and win that football game. I'm with you all the way. Yeah, USC, man, that's been a disappointment this year. I thought their defense would be a lot better than it has been. Yeah, I did too with those linebackers yep. that they have. Amon Marshall in the secondary. He's so overrated, though. He's just big and fast. Yeah. And you don't need to do that to play football. Uh, Michigan State at Penn State is my next one. I'm going Penn State in this one. I don't know what Michigan State is, man. LJ Scott it hasn't done it. Brian Lewerke, I, I still think he's being held back a lot by what's around him. But Penn State has, I mean, they've played some close ones. They took Ohio State to the wire. I think this is a good football team. And with what they have, say what you want about Trace McSorley as a pro prospect. It, who knows? He might be the next Taysom Hill. I don't know. The kid just fucking wins football games. Yeah, he's been very good there. I, I know people are like, oh, winning's not a step. He wins football games. He is a just whatever the grittiest gamer. I know this is like, you know, he's a short white quarterback, but like he is tough as nails. He's a good athlete. Like I I just think he has that capability to just throw a team on his back and make things happen. And even though they came up short against Ohio state, like he is still a tremendous player should probably be in some of the Heisman conversations we have. Yeah, I I think he alone is good enough to, to beat Michigan state. Not one verse 11. That would be it. That would be unfair, but I'm, I'm with you. I think that he is a very good college football player. I even told Connor and, and you that over the off season, like, you know what? I actually kind of like the kid. Now, you know, he's, he's probably not even six foot tall. Like we're probably not looking at him 
as a pro prospect, really maybe even at all, not a quarterback. But I, I do like the way that he plays, and we're talking college football, so I like him at quarterback for Penn State. Next game for me, Miami at Virginia. These are two teams that I just cannot figure out. I don't know if Miami is good. I start to think they're good, and then they let Florida State put up a bunch of points on them. They looked okay against LSU. Like Looking back at that game, I think LSU is a little bit better than what we thought they were, so I can't even really hold that game against them. But the Florida State game, it just it really confused me. They come back and win it. They have a new quarterback in there, and I don't think Virginia really has anything going for them. They've lost to Indiana. They, they have wins against Richmond, Ohio, Louisville. So I don't know if you're any good or not. You just let North Carolina State beat you pretty badly. Yeah. So I just I think that Miami is going to get things going here. I like Perry at quarterback. He's an athletic guy. He throws a pretty good ball. I thought they had a Rozier in there way too long. You knew last year that he wasn't your guy. You should have made that change probably in the offseason. So I'm going with Miami here, but I do think it's going to be closer than you think. Yeah. Uh Miami is a tough team. And I know our boy Connor was just down there, said that, you know, that defense looks nasty. A lot of those guys are going to come out, but Virginia does not look good. And by the way, you are now 4-0 and picking the road team. Yep. And also picking the ranked team. So Very true. You have the higher ranked yeah. team. Uh, which you can point a finger at me because this week I get to pick our Texas Longhorns at home against Baylor. DKR is going to be wild, man. You come back from beating Oklahoma in the Red River shootout, and you come home and... Like Baylor might not be much, right? They're, they're kind of a the redheaded stepchild of the, the Big 12. Texas hates Baylor. Hates Baylor. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty good there for a little while, so it almost... I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but, I mean, Baylor no. might view it that way. Right, yeah, no. it Not at all from the Texas side of things. But you hate them because they're like the gnat that won't get out of your face. And, like, it might have, like, landed on you once, and then you're like, ah, oh, fuck that gnat. That's Baylor. I, I think Texas could fall into the trap of Charlie strong, Texas teams, even last year's Texas team would have lost this game because they would be way too high off the Oklahoma game. They would be overlooking it. They would already be looking forward to West Virginia. Yeah. Without which a doubt. isn't like two, three weeks. Yes, absolutely. But I think this team is much more focused. There's good leadership, especially on that defense. I think Sam Ellinger and the boys roll Baylor, roll them. I, and I'm with you too. I just I think that Texas is actually back, and I know that you can probably go on other episodes that we've said, and I have been quoted as saying, "You know what? They're a team, and I will say that they are back when they are in the Big Twelve Championship game." Well, I lied to you because when you beat Oklahoma like that, and you've only lost one game this year, and they did, I think they just overlooked that Maryland team. They didn't come out prepared, and that goes on the coaching staff and the players. But I think they righted the ship, and they are focused now. So I'm agreeing with you. I think they roll Baylor. Like, I don't even think it's a close game. When you said righted, I was like, that's not a word. And then you said it, but it's right. It's righted the ship because there's not a, there's not a past tense. of <laughs> They wrote the ship. They <laughs> rotted. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. It's righted. So okay. anyway, that's thanks for double checking <laughs> yeah. me on the grammar there. Gotcha. I'm going to start sending you my tweets to edit <laughs> before I post them, ah. which I actually do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Next game, easy one, I think. West Virginia, number six ranked team in the country, going to Iowa State. Now, Iowa State played their new quarterback this week. They put up a lot of points. I still just don't think they have enough on defense to stop West Virginia. And that's nothing against the Iowa State defense. I think they're playing pretty well this year. But Will Greer and David Seals V are just too much to handle. These guys are going to throw the ball all over the field. 
And Dana Hogerson, he's going to have that offense clicking, and they do have enough on defense to stop Iowa State. So I'm horribly biased about this, and everyone knows it. I want West Virginia to be undefeated when they play Texas. So, yeah, I'm with you. I need them to beat Iowa State, and I need them to beat Baylor. After that, I don't give a shit. They should, and they should win both of those games. But I need you to be ranked number six. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, mostly because it's six versus nine. And it's at Texas. Right. I want that matchup. Uh, don't mess it up. Please, Dana Holgerson, <laughs> with your big urn from <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingpin haircut and your 40-year-old quarterback, just don't lose this ball game. Just win, baby. Just win, just baby. Win. All right. It's a special top five this week. It's going to be fun. Uh, I think we've said before, a little behind the scenes. The stick to football rundown is just in a Google sheet and it's me, you, Connor, whoever's on the show puts in their, their notes, you know, the pickles, the, the things that we talk about at the top for the top five. We usually have my list, your list, one of their five, right. one of their five empty this week, not a fucking thing in this rundown because we are doing a draft an all time Georgia LSU draft. Right. And it, it would have been difficult for us to do our normal top five list this week because there was there would just be so much overlapping and it would really be like first come first serve on who gets right. it. So this week we're going to go back to the well with the draft. We've did we, we did used to do these all the time over the summer I think because apparently we just get wild over the summer. But we're going to bring it back here all-time LSU and Georgia players. Um I will defer to you. I will let you have oh, the first pick. Thank you. I did not want it. <laughs> so Okay, so I, I didn't make the, the note of, does, it was this for college or the NFL? Let's just say great players. You know, yeah, great players in these teams. I put the limit on myself of within the last 10 years. Oh, okay. I did not. You didn't? Okay, well, that makes time. it more fun. Oh, oh, okay. Well, kind of all time. There were some players on there that I was like, uh, I didn't really know he went to LSU. I didn't know he went to I Georgia. can change it on the fly. You want to do it all the time? Yeah, sure. Go for it. I mean, okay. I'm taking Herschel Walker. Then. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. who I had number one on my yeah, list. Yeah. So done. Yeah. <laughs> like when you think Georgia football, that's right. just, that's who you think of. I know they've had uber amounts of talent come through there, but when I think Georgia football, even for me, I never saw him play at Georgia. I still think Herschel Walker for Georgia football. Like he's the Heisman winner out of this group. So that, I don't, that's why I went really with. remember even watching him play in the NFL. No, I, I don't either. Like I just I remember him more for being like an MMA fighter and a guy that right. got traded for a lot of draft picks. Yeah, like that's exactly. who he is. To and me. like being ripped, just freaking ripped Still, out of his mind to this day, like yeah. freakishly ripped. Uh, yeah, he's a Republican too. So there's that. And I picked him first. So ha, <laughs> bridging the gap. Bipartisan draft. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, since you took my first overall guy, second guy on my big board here. Man, I'll tell you what, this guy can really cover, man. I love him. <laughs> I'm going with Patrick Peterson. Is I John Gruden trading for him? What are you doing? He's not a pass rusher, and that's what they need, so who knows. But I think, I mean, Connor said it on the midweek show. Pat Peterson is still probably the best corner in the league. I Yeah, I don't And disagree. he has been forever. And the fact that he is so big and he's able to do things against these receivers, the dude is like 6'2", maybe up there around 220, yeah. and he can run. I remember interviewing him several years back at the Super Bowl, and I was shocked at, at how good he looked. I mean, just as an athlete, you know, you you could tell. Like, if, if five football players walked in this room, you could pretty quickly tell who the best athlete is. Like, it's not a hard thing to do. Right. I was shocked at how big he was, how thick he was. And then because, like, I've seen this guy run before. 
he might go down as one of the most underrated football players like of, of this generation. And of this kinda, era. It sucks that he's stuck on the Cardinals. And there has been some rumors like, yeah. is he on the trade block? But the fact that he's been on the Cardinals team for so long now and they haven't been that successful, it really sucks. But, you know, good for him to stick it out with yeah. the team. He He's not only the best cornerback on his team, he might be the best quarterback on his team. Yeah, too. No joke. Man, he's we should try to get him on the podcast. He is a great guy, like loads of fun uh, and just salt of the earth, you know, him vouching for Tyron Matthew to be like, get him here. We need to help him. And great dude. He might show up on the list too. Next for me, apparently going all running back here. I got to go Todd Gurley. One of my favorite players in the NFL right now. And also, you know, we didn't get to see a ton of him at Georgia because injuries, but my God, I loved watching this guy play, whether it was as a runner, receiver, return man, he was dominant and it still is. So Todd Gurley. Well, okay. All running just, backs. Did you get a glimpse of my big board? Like, nope, did they, I really did? Somebody leak my big board here because that's who I had as well. I loved Gurley. I I'm loved just taking him in big running backs, and he's still he's probably the best running back in the NFL right now. Yeah. So yeah, good for you. I'm gonna go ahead and stick Damn with it. LSU apparently because <laughs> I loved all these Georgia players, but I gotta take Beckham. He is. You can't argue against his talent. You might be able to make a case for him being like. Uh, not good in the locker room or whatever. You don't like his personality, but you can't argue what the guy can do on the football field. He's super talented. He's undersized, and he's still able to high point the ball and go over the top. He can do everything, and he probably has the best hands maybe of all time. Like I haven't seen yeah. anything like this since Chris Carter. It's ridiculous. I can't believe that that LSU team was so talented when he was there, and they didn't win a national championship, and that they didn't score a, a million points. Yeah. It so, is amazing. Number two guy for me, I'm taking Beckham Jr. I was going to take him. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go AJ Green then. I did not plan to go all Georgia because uh, I, I didn't have any Georgia guys on my list. But AJ Green, in a similar situation to Pat Pete, has been on some good teams, never been on a great team, and probably never had a quarterback that could fully take advantage of what he does as a receiver. So we don't talk about him with the Antonio Browns or the OBJs or now Michael Thomas with the Saints because he doesn't have those guys. So I, I think, unfortunately, he might go down as one of those like, damn, he was really good and super talented, but might not have the stats, especially in this era, to be considered one of the all-time greats. Yeah, and I'm with you. He was the freaking next guy on my board, man. Well, so, yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to go off the rails a little bit and get with a guy that did not have a great NFL career. But I still love him to this day. I'm going with David Pollock. Oh, I absolutely yes. loved him as a Georgia football player. He is the classic high-motor guy. The coach's son that just doesn't stop gritty. Yeah, every white superlative you can think of, David Pollock was it. I remember. I will never, ever forget watching David Pollock uh, just... He like strip sacked the quarterback like a handoff and just took it from him and ran to the end zone. He was a great college player. He was first round pick. Unfortunately, had a neck injury, uh, you know, with the Bengals. Great on TV. I still love watching him on game day. Like, yes, I know it's an ESPN he looked, he's product. Half but. of himself now. Yeah, he really Did is. Did you hear him say he hasn't had ice cream in like eight years or something? Well, I remember when he first got into ESPN and he was still wearing like shirts and suits that were like from his playing days. Oh, Jesus. And people would go at him on Twitter and be like, David, like you got to do something about this shirt, man. You're not a 2X kind of guy anymore. Like yeah. you're trim. Fix it up. And he finally did. And I love his personality yeah. with 
everything that he brings to, you know, game day. He's great. And just what he did for Georgia football. Yeah. I don't, he seems to me just like an unhateable guy. Right. Like he'll even get haters on Twitter and he's just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. My shirt was too big. Yeah. Uh I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Like, ah, damn it. I wish I were a little more like that. Uh, All right. Someone who would not do that next on my list, Jamal Adams. And Mm. not statistically the greatest, right? Like, nah. He doesn't have the picks, doesn't have the tackles, don't care. This guy is everything. I hate saying this guy, by the way. God damn, it's up there to talk about for me. (laughs) Jamal Adams is someone you put into your locker room, and your locker room immediately becomes better. It was that way at LSU. It's that way with the New York Jets. He is a leader. Like Everything you want in a football leader, an alpha dog, he's it. And he's also like a good dude uh, who's funny. Uh, super, super intense and maybe a little corny at times, but it works, man. He's just, he's special. And so if I'm, if I'm doing a draft, I got to think about the the character and culture of my team. And I want Jamal Adams. Uh, I'll stick with that. You go with character and culture of your teams. And I'm going to take another shutdown corner because now I'm getting after the quarterback and I'm getting champ Bailey also at corner. I loved him as well. I love his name, maybe even more than the way he played name. football and his the brother name, boss. Yeah, yeah. Champ and boss Bailey. Thanks, like, Mom and dad. Yeah. Those two are some <laughs> badass motherfuckers. You're, like, you're not messing with those two brothers. Kind of like us. We yeah, used to get exactly. that all the time too. Yeah. That's a that was a great brother duo. I forgot Champ played there. Another guy who underrated, super underrated. I, I've said before, I think he's probably the second best corner of all time. I mean, really, he compares a lot with Pat Peterson. Like they were both yeah. kind of big corners, and they're just overlooked all the time because they didn't play on very successful teams. Yeah. Uh number five for me, someone who uh well didn't even really finish at LSU, but I don't care. Tyron Matthew. The honey badger. He don't care. I don't care. That one of my all-time favorite players to watch, and in the in the college side of things. And I'll be honest, I was very, very at that time. I was an idiot. I was really hard on him as a draft prospect because he just kept getting in trouble. And I can remember even there was an incident where some cops got into his apartment and there was a duffel bag of weed. Turned out it wasn't his. Wink, wink. And I remember being like, "He's off my board. Like this guy's just too much of a problem." And you know, back then, I didn't have the resources or contacts to be able to, to reach out to him or to his teammates or coaches and maybe like, hey, what what's really the deal with him? Well, and even now you look back on it and it's like, it's just weed. Like, right. It's so on. crazy. Why are we still going right. after And this? I will, I'll own that myself. Like in the last five, six years, my opinion on that has completely changed where I just don't care. No, I don't either. Like I... I don't even know that it would hurt draft stock anymore. Like yeah. unless it's going to be a situation like a Josh Gordon where the guy just can't get that's on the field. That's when it matters. Yeah. Like that's a that's probably a personality problem, not like a weed problem. Yeah. Like you're just you can't pass a test for some reason. Like I've worked with some pretty shady people before who have been on parole or probation and they can pass a drug test. Like come on. Right. Figure it out, man. Yeah. So Tyron Matthew, uh love him and actually uh, we had him a couple Super Bowls ago, had him on. I was doing some serious XM stuff. He stopped by and was just so like grateful for like, you know, he's like always being supportive and understanding and super cool guy. So yeah, he's number one on my list. Or well, not like, number one, but he's my last pick. So my last pick, I saved this one because he was much higher on my big board, but I knew that I could get value at the fifth. Oh spot. yeah. Cause I wouldn't have picked him. So I'm going with my favorite Georgia quarterback of all time. David Green, 
you might not know who he is because he was not an NFL player, but he at one time held the record for most wins as a starting quarterback, yeah. which was 42 wins until this god of a quarterback named Colt McCoy came along and broke <laughs> his record. Him. But he held that record for a little while, and I loved watching him like a left-hander. They had, um, what was his name, DJ Shockley yes, down there DJ too, Shockley, yeah. who was supposed to be like this great quarterback prospect, but David Green kept beating him out. And he could play action pass like a motherfucker. Yes. So he didn't have to be that mobile. Throwing it up to guys like, was A.J. Green there? Or was it like Fred Gibson? Fred Gibson, yeah. Like back in the day. Not I think good. He was there around the same time as David Pollock. And I loved watching that Georgia team. Like if I had to pick another team to root for, it would have been Georgia back in the day when they had David Green. I lo- yes, I'm with you. Loved watching him play. Um, it was crazy. He was a third-round pick. Oh, damn. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it, I, I didn't either. He, he and I are the same age. So he was a third-round pick um, by the Seahawks, actually. So uh, had a very short career. Really didn't see the field a whole lot. And, yeah, loved loved watching him play. People always ask us, like, you know, why are you Texas fans, yada, yada, yada. And it's because that's you know, mid nineties, Texas football was on every Saturday for us for whatever reason, mid two thousands. It must've been CBS. Georgia was on every fucking (laughs) Saturday. So I'm with you, David green, one of my all time favorite players who uh, you just think about like favorite college players. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely on the list. Good call by you. All right, let's close this baby out with some draft on draft questions. Just a reminder. If you want to come out to the LSU tailgate, just talk to our boy uh, Jacob Hester, played at LSU. He's going to be out there. He's going to stop by. Humble brag. Humble brag. Yeah. Uh, he's a basically a politician down there. He is a basically, I'm Italian. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. He's a basically a politician. Yeah. You can come. We'll record some draft on draft questions live. That's going to happen. I mean, I'll probably do whatever the hell you want after I've had a couple breakfast beers. There's no telling. Oh, breakfast beers. And I just want to put a rumor to rest. People, people are saying that we could not drink the 77 pack of Natty Light. I put it out there that we could do it in five hours. I was going to say, I don't think anybody said that we couldn't do it. I think it was more the fact that you, you said we could hours. do it in five hours. I went camping about a month and a half ago, and I did an 18-pack by myself in that amount of time. In not, five hours? Not trying. It was like in three and a half hours, but I wasn't even trying. Yeah, I don't know. That's, That's a six lot an hour. of liquid. I was at six. I think I could do it. To to kill the 77, we would have to be at eight beers. An hour? An hour. For how many hours? For five hours? For five hours. I think I... If I could eat with it. That's the thing. I got it. I, I do worry about can my body actually hold that much. But Natty's like 80% water. I think at some point you just drown. <laughs> in the Maybe. <laughs> it does suck. They're only selling those in Maryland. Oh, I know. Like, if, what the hell? Let me put deal? this out there. If anyone will ship us one... I will Venmo you $100 because they cost 30, right? Is that really all they, they cost? They cost $30. Jesus. Yeah. So that $100 more than covers you buying us the 77 pack and I'll Venmo you $150. I want you to make a profit on this. I just want that case. I don't even know if I'd open it or just like frame I it. I would. <laughs> I would open it and then I would let my kids play in it. Like <laughs> yeah. Fill it with bone peanuts and let them jump in. Uh, yeah, we'll just keep track this weekend of how many we drink. I think we could do it. So yeah, we'll set a timer. Yeah. And we won't stop until we get to 77. Let's do it. Jesse's going to be so happy. Our podcast executive, or what? I don't know her title. Director? Podcast director? I'll just call her boss lady. Boss. The boss. Hey, the, boss. 
she's going to be very happy. All right. So is Dan Barnes because we're doing his question first. And we're going to rip through these because I told Mello, I was like, we have a busy show. Let's just do like five or six draft on draft questions. I ended up putting 18 in. So we're going to go fast on these. Is that Ready? an official count? Because it does look like there's at least. I rain manned it and I think it's 18. So I just, you know, did one of those. All right. First question as you count more promising career, Joe Mixon or Saquon Barkley? Uh, Boom, go. Saquon. Saquon. I just, what he's already done this year, it's better than probably the peak of Joe Mixon's yep. career. And he has nothing around him. Don't don't overthink it. You got to wait and see. This is a Todd Gurley situation. Second question from Dan Barnes. By the way, congrats on the engagement. Michigan's offense has been looking good with Higdon and Patterson looking more comfortable. Should Michigan fans feel hopeful about our game against Wisconsin? Dan, we already answered this question. We just Sorry. picked it. Oh, Sorry, buddy. Love you, but next. All right, TJ Wheaton. Ooh, you should read this one, not me. All right, more for Matt, since we know Mellow Esquire's answer. If you could only drink one beer for the rest of your life, what would it be? A lot of people expect me to say Boulevard Wheat here. That's but what people are saying. There is a Belgian beer. I can't pronounce it. It's like Stefaner. It's a Belgian wheat beer. It's my all-time favorite, uh, and you can actually get it in Joplin. So very, very good. It's my That would be my one beer for the rest of my life. And mine, surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, it would be Natty Light. Yep. All right. Uh, W9FB underscore Scott. Who have been your favorite and least favorite players to watch this year? Ooh. I think Devin White is one of my favorite players. I, I'm kind of tired of watching like offensive linemen. I've been doing a lot of that lately. And so I just want to watch like somebody fun, and Devin White's a lot of fun. I still really like watching Nikhil Harry and like what he can do with the yeah. ball in his hands. Montez Sweat has been fun to watch. Yeah. Jerry Tillery is a guy who was was on my radar, but he's killing it this year. Same with Draymond Jones. So is Terry Buckner Jr. We talk a lot of shit about Missouri. Terry Buckner Jr. has been playing very well this year. So least favorite as a draft prospect, probably Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, just watching him throw the ball is not good. I would actually say Jarrett Stidham because I loved what he did at the end of last season, and then he comes out this year, and it's – the old Jared Stidham, like that we saw at Baylor. So flat. Yeah, I really expected big things from him this year, and I just haven't seen it. Trace McSorley, also one of my favorite players to watch. <laughs> really yeah. is. I don't know if he's, I, I just love watching him play. Travis Johnson, is there a player in this year's draft that we will have? Fuck, I can't read. Is there a player in this year's draft that will have a better NFL career than college? Yeah. They kill Harry. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah. I went with, uh, Dwayne Haskins, just because I think he's going to be a one-and-done guy. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I actually had some pretty big conversations about him today with some teams trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do, and no one knows. So, yeah, um, that's a good question. You stick with his teammate, too, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. He's very good, but he hasn't been on the field a lot at Ohio State. I got one. Ed Oliver. Zero sacks this year. Yeah, that'll probably be the last time that ever happens. Yes. The dude's getting triple Triple teamed. teamed. I know. Honestly, they put him at nose tackle in the center, and both guards are just taking him out of the play. Ridiculous. Miles Jamison asked us, are there any underclassmen that have stood out to you while watch while you watch draft-eligible guys? Caden Stearns? I Texas? don't know if you've heard of this guy at Alabama. He plays quarterback <laughs> for him, though. He's going really uh, under the radar, and I think it's because he doesn't get on the field, but Tua takes Tunga Lavola. <laughs> wow. I'm going. I, mean, I think you nailed it. He's an underclassman that I really, really like. That's a good answer. Okay, to be serious, though, there are some. Obviously, Caden Stearns is like my guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over that one. Um, another one because I secretly have a crush on Ohio State players. Chase Young. Oh, like, he God. has filled in very nicely 
for he's Nick good. Bosa. He's very good. very good. I even I all capped his name. Grant Delpit at LSU. We're going to see him this weekend. True sophomore safety. He's good. Uh, Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma, who makes all their tackles, is a true sophomore. He's also been fun to watch. I still watch love lose. Donovan Peoples-Jones and what he could turn into. Oh, yeah, he's a sophomore, too. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of them. Yeah, and, and the cool thing about what we're doing this year covering college football more is we actually get to talk about those guys. So it's not like we write their name down and put it in a vault and never talk about them again. It's like, oh, hey, wait, by the way, these guys are really fucking good, too. So that makes it a lot more fun. Uh, BX Bowl for Life. That's a Reddit username if I've ever heard one. What's the most important top 25 matchup this week? Oregon, Washington, LSU, Georgia, or Michigan, Wisconsin? I'm going with LSU, Georgia. Uh, for one, because we're going to be there, and that game's going to be crazy in Baton Rouge, but also because both of these teams are still really contending for a playoff spot. And even if you don't look at the playoff spot, they can't afford to lose because they have to play Alabama. Exactly. That's what I would say, too. Like, like, Alabama is on the regular season schedule for LSU, so they can't lose this game because you're going to lose to Alabama. <laughs> and then Georgia, you don't want to lose this game because you want to face Alabama in the SEC championship where you're going to lose. But and you can still say, okay, we are one loss team. We lost to God's gift of football, Alabama. Let us in the playoffs so we can lose. Are again. you an Alabama fan? No, but they are ridiculous. They are really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's a big game for Washington because they might have a chance to still sneak into the playoff if they can take care of business the rest of the season. Yeah. And you can make an argument for Michigan and Wisconsin too. Yeah. Because those are two teams that are going to run into Ohio State. So they really can't afford to lose either. And the Oreo wants to know, uh, what would your, okay, I want to take issue. Here's exactly what he sent. If you had to pick your final supper, what would it be? I knew you were going to do this. Well, I wouldn't because I don't accept that word. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm surprised he calls it supper. He's from California. But see, I'm weird because I also think that dinner is the biggest meal of the day. That's not good for you, but it most people do that. Right. But if you went to like a Sunday dinner. That's lunch. To you. That's lunch. So our parents call lunch dinner because of that, I think. It's confusing. Because they're communists. Yeah. So anyway, mine would be, <laughs> I want, if, I, if it's going to be my last one, I want the biggest filet that you can find. Butterfly it, put a lot of garlic butter on it, and medium, I'm going to cook medium, uh, fingerling potatoes, a chopped salad with blue cheese dressing, no tomatoes. And then like a brownie. This is available right up the road. <laughs> right. I can hit a golf ball to it. <laughs> right. I, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. And then I want like a brownie a la mode. Oh, man. You went and went to dessert. With about 13,000 boulevards. I'm never going to stop just, drinking. It can't be my last meal. I'm with you. I would go with a steak and mashed potatoes and gravy. Like if you can get your Ooh. hands on some good mashed potatoes and gravy. And white gravy Ooh. when you eat it with oh, a steak. nope. I like brown gravy. With a steak? Uh, brown gravy all day. I can drink brown gravy. Hmm. I want to see you do that so bad. <laughs> I was picturing it. Like, like you would be like the coach just giving the kids the shots of syrup. Yeah, yeah. I'm just giving you brown gravy at the tailgate. <laughs> we need Austin to get some brown gravy. <laughs> Somehow like on a Saturday. fanny pack that's right. just like ladle it out of yeah. the fanny pack. I don't <laughs> In care. Your mouth. Slurp. Oh, God, that would be great. Uh, Joe Cicino, best Halloween candy. And this is controversial. So people get pissed. So, hey, so Halloween candy. So it has to be, I'm guessing, specific to Halloween and I feel like you're baiting me to say candy corn, but I'm not going to because Reese's pumpkins are a thing. Yes. And you can't beat Reese's holiday candy. I remember when Reese's only did the Easter egg. Yeah. And it was like, can it please be, please, please, please be Easter. 
Yeah, just nope. all year, all I year just, now. I need it all day. Like I would store those motherfuckers away, but now I don't have to because I can get it uh, whenever I want. Is it to. a pumpkin? Is that what it is for Halloween? Or is it, it's still an egg, right? No, it's pumpkin shaped. Yeah, I've I'm on and the then diet. they do like the Christmas tree shape. Yeah, so I haven't been eating anything honestly. So yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, uh, rough. Yeah, it's rough. rough. I, Looking skinny, though. I don't know if you could notice that. Uh, From the three days that you've been on your diet. No, I'm sorry. Actually, this is a true story. I really don't like candy. I don't either. I I don't have like a sweet tooth. I have a carb tooth. Yes. I have carb teeth. Yeah. I have a beef jerky tooth. (laughs) I just, I want, yeah. Uh, But if I had to eat candy, I would want a Snickers. Yeah. I'm, can't hate on Snickers. They're like the original candy bar for me. Yeah. So that would be. Man, a Snickers blizzard. If you've never done that, okay, I gotta stop. I'm just like, <laughs> food is porn to me right now. Yeah, I it's can just tell. Like, oh, You're so going hungry. like so in detail on your last yeah. supper. I went to Target to get socks for our road trip and almost like just ate everything there. And it, I don't even like a lot of the food I was trying to buy. You just you know what the ultimate test was? I went into Casey's to get a drink before the show tonight. And they had pizza in the warmer. Ooh, I looked at it. Get it. I looked Ooh. at it. I walked over there and just <laughs> stared at it, like drooling, like oh, mouth watering, thinking one about piece. it. Didn't do it. Did not do it. Good uh, for you. Tommy, Good on you, sir. Tommy Tankers wants to ask if you could have an if if you and I were to start another podcast that's not football related, what would it be about? So I saw this question too, and I know a lot of people said like, "Oh, duh, it's going to be true crime," but. Those guys put in so much work to yeah, like, investigate the cases and stuff. I'd rather just sit around and watch football. So that's hard for me. I would say that it would probably have to be like just my day-to-day life. Like a like, lifestyle. If not even that. Like if I just was able to get into detail about the shit that I see as a teacher every day, mm. if I felt like I could actually share that without getting in trouble, we could the uh, shit that I see right. is We could ridiculous. call it shit your kids do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be hilarious. Like, you would really... It, there's some weird stuff that just happens on a daily basis. I could just... I could host and keep you moving, and you could just tell stories. Yeah. And, and even as, this. like, a as a single father, even, like, some of the stuff that my kids come up with, and they say, I don't know where they get it. Like, the mouth that they have on them, I have no idea where uh, Apparently, uh, my son was with our mom tonight, and they were playing a game, and in the game, she took some candy from him, and he... <laughs> Dropped the F-bomb on her. <laughs> so, I don't Did know where he, he hears that. say fuck Oklahoma? <laughs> Probably. I can I tell you where he heard that. I know where he heard that. Uh, so, I, Kyle Hardwick is a great listener. I love this guy. And he sent in a lot of questions. And I told him on Twitter, we're going to rapid fire them. Okay? Are you ready for this? Yeah. I feel like people want your answers more than mine. So, I'll chime Probably. in if I have anything to say. Okay, number one. Weirdest Halloween story. Okay, I don't really have a weird Halloween story. But it's weird because of that. We didn't used to celebrate Halloween because we always had to go to these stupid fucking church functions. Like we Super went on religious. hay rides every Halloween. And so we couldn't really do anything. And it was so weird because the church wouldn't even let like kids dress up. Like you couldn't be a witch because that was satanic. Right. I remember one of our cousins coming one year as a pumpkin and I just made fun of him the whole time. It's like, you dressed up? And you dressed up as a pumpkin. He's like, that's all I could be. So here's what I remember about those things. Because, yeah, it was this very, very kind of strict, non-denominational church. And everything was satanic in the late 80s, early 90s. But the thing is, we would go on these. So they would take us on hayrides, which if you're not from the south or Midwest, I don't know where they do these. You get a trailer 
and you line it in hay bales. People sit on the hay bales and they take you like out in the country on dirt roads and it's, you know, a little spooky. So it was okay that they would take us out in the middle of nowhere and have grown men like dress up and try to scare the fuck out of us. But you couldn't dress up like Darth Vader. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, how is that okay? But yeah, like, please pretend like you're cutting that guy's head off with a chainsaw, but I can't come dressed as Tom Brady. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. No, Just, you got to sit there in your big the, fucking right. pumpkin trash can the, or trash bag. The logic it was just missing from that whole thing. So, yeah, I don't have any weird Halloween stories either that are podcast appropriate. So we'll go with that one. Next question. What was the worst treat you ever got as a kid? Okay, so like we said, we didn't celebrate yeah. Halloween a whole lot. I honestly, I bet I've been trick-or-treating two to three times in my life. I remember Maybe. taking you once. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got to go like at, with my friend group one time and we went to, it was like an old folks home. I guess that's what you would call it. Those apartments. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? No one else does. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and this old lady, super sweet. She was giving out Jolly Ranchers. But the thing is, she would give one to each person. Uh, so she gave us a Jolly Rancher each. And we were still like respectful. Like, oh, thank you so much. But she gave out one Jolly Rancher. Like, that's the smallest candy you can give out. It's like having one Tootsie Roll. Like, who does that? Yeah, I remember, true story, getting Tums one year. That's <laughs> nice. Like, that's <laughs> going to be me this year. Like, That'd be yeah. awesome. Back then, not so much. Uh, this one might be hard to answer, but what was the best costume you ever wore? Don't say the one you want to. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm thinking? Don't say that one. <laughs> say a different one. <laughs> uh, then I'll just say Batman. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, who did you win as uh, Carl from uh, Caddyshack oh, yeah, Caddy a couple Shack. years ago? Yeah. I had to stain up my T-shirt and everything. Yeah. That was a pretty good and one. That was a good one. A couple years ago, I tried to go. At, I was, and it was one of those dumb fucking couples costumes. And I tried to go as Bob, Bob from Bob's Burgers. So they spray my hair black. <laughs> And they put a fake mustache you on me. You shaved down to I everything. shaved down to a mustache. <laughs> and uh, turns out, with black hair and a mustache, <laughs> and a mustache. I look just like Freddie Mercury. Like, yeah. just like him. <laughs> Freddie Mercury <laughs> after the AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, weird. yeah. So all night, we just said you were Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Wearing a white T-shirt. Yeah, and like, we just need to... Print off that picture because I know uh, that they're out there and just make it. It's into weird. A Freddie you don't Mercury think shirt. you look like anyone until you shave your beard and, and put on your a hair. mustache. Like then, what are you gonna do? All right, controversial one again. Is candy corn better than corn? No, I like corn. I love corn. Okay, Go I to put a it in my mashed potatoes. Roasted corn. Do you do that? Yes, I do that. Okay, people at school that I work at, they thought I was crazy that I mix like. Corn into my mashed potatoes. Uh, no, it's no. good. I, like and KFC I don't, does it. I don't it's like to mix food, but I will do mashed potatoes with corn and gravy. Like that's yeah. just that's one thing. There should be a name for that. You can put chicken and cheese in there too. I've even mixed <laughs> KFC does that. It, it, yeah. in a bowl. That's the thing. I've even mixed corn into my spaghetti before. Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty good. You know, our dad does this. That's where you got that from. Oh okay, no, I did yeah. not. He makes or he'll mix peas into stuff too because oh, they're too oh. hard to eat individually. Yeah, like who wants so to just do that? whip it up? And the corn is nice because it gives like a little extra crunch. Yeah, so it's I'm with you. It's the best vegetable out. We're there. so hungry right now. Other than <laughs> potatoes, because you can't beat a potato. Oh, I'm. I agree. Corn is definitely the the second best vegetable. Yeah, easily. I like carrots, but I think there's a big gap a between lot. two and three. Uh, a good roasted carrot is but nowhere really, close to corn, right? You, because that's corn about on the, the cob roast. with like some seasoned salt and butter. Yeah, fresh Ooh, off butter. the grill. I like squash, too. Uh, 
All right, next one. If you could drink with one former president, who would it be? Okay, do you want to go first? No, I was going to let you. Okay, I picked Clinton because I figured you were going to take Obama. So I actually wouldn't take Obama. Okay, I, so then I would take Harry S. Truman next. Okay, so <laughs> the people who don't know me, which I think everyone listening to this probably does by now, I'm a huge like presidential biography nerd. Yeah, Huge. you wanted me to listen to like the Lincoln biography on the way to yeah, our last. Road still trip. reading it, by the way. Uh, I like quiz me sometime about a president. We can chat for hours about anyone that you pick. So I couldn't pick just one. Uh, I think Teddy Roosevelt would be very high on my oh, list because he was a one. badass. That's like, a good one. Dwight Eisenhower would be high on my list. I want to talk about D Day. Like, let's do it. Uh, so he would be up there. Obama would absolutely be on my yeah, list. Yeah, he really would. If I could get JFK drunk enough to tell. Like some seats and secrets, you know, yeah, Marilyn tell Monroe me about stories. Marilyn Monroe. Uh, so that would be my four parter. But if I had to pick just one, uh, I think I would take Teddy just because I yeah. mean, he's a rough rider. He used to just like go out to Montana by himself and kill things. And, and then he was also a president for a long time. Yeah. So Lincoln would obviously be a good one. Yeah. He didn't drink. So boring. Yeah. Boring. Take him off Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, all right. Two more. If Natty isn't on the menu and you can only drink domestic beer, what do you pick? See, that's an easy one for me because my what I yep. call my fancy beer is Bud Light. Your fancy it's, beer. <laughs> you can find it everywhere. In good old Missouri, it's everywhere. Yeah. That stuff runs like the Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, so mine is Coors Light, which is not my fancy beer. It's my end of the night beer. Like It's when I just, I'm drinking to keep drinking, but I don't really want to drink anymore. It's Coors Light. So that's my go-to domestic. Last question. Can, bottle, or draft? Yes. <laughs> Just, yeah, all of them. So I prefer a bottle. But then I would say draft, and then can is third. See, I would actually... And I know people say pick a can because you can't shotgun a bottle. <laughs> I know. I would go draft, can, bottle. I don't like drinking out of a bottle. Really? Yeah. I think it keeps it colder. I don't. I think a can keeps it the coldest. A bottle of, like a bottle of Coors Light to me is so much better than a can of Coors Light. Probably because you're drinking you just, Coors Light. They don't make Natty in bottles. That's probably why you're like. Maybe. But they make Bud Light bottles, and I'm perfectly fine drinking that. I just, I don't like a bottle. Hmm. Not a baby. Not drinking out of a bottle. No. Put a nipple on my beer. I ain't drinking it. All right. That's our show. If you're in the New Orleans, Baton Rouge Anywhere in Louisiana, I think Texas South is of the Mason Dixon, Mississippi's over there. Yeah, if your state left the union and you want to come by and tailgate with us, we'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, we're going to be out there all day from eight to kickoff, and then probably after kickoff too. Let's be honest, uh, having a great time doing stick to football things. So look for the tent that says Bleacher Report. Look for the guys in the stick to football shirts. Come say hey. We'll be giving out merch, giving out snacks and sodas, and. Uh, maybe some waters and some other things as well. So probably need somebody to help us find our car. That's a, yeah, that's true. That That is very, very true. That could be you. It was Dalton two weeks ago. Yep. At Fort Worth. And now we're lifelong friends. So it could be you could be your opportunity to get on the podcast as well. So come find us. If you can't listen to us Monday morning, we'll have a full recap. Me, Melo and Connor live, hopefully still alive from Baton Rouge. 